You're listening to The Robert Hatfield Show on iTunes, Stitcher and SoundCloud. A podcast about comedy, entertainment, pop culture and more. Now from the Melrose Studios in Los Angeles, California, your host, Robert Hatfield. Hey everybody, this is Robert Hatfield with The Robert Hatfield Show podcast. I'm here with a special guest. I'm here with Tatiana Phillips. How are you today, Tatiana? I'm doing well. How are you today, Robert? I'm great. <laughs> this is a new podcast I'm doing. Um, I think you're my fourth guest, so... Excellent. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm honored to be on here. Tell me, um, I know you, you're into performing, you're into acting, singing. Um, how did this all get started? Um, just like every little girl's childhood dream, she wishes she could be a ballerina or a gymnast or, you know, for me, it was Broadway and acting. Um, I, I think, I guess it was probably when I was 11 years old, I told my parents I wanted to act and, um, being the supportive, um, artistic parents that I have, they agreed to allow me to audition for community theater shows and then um, moved on from that to to high school where I went to Harrison Art Center. Um, I was a theater major there. And um, I kind of took a journey from from away from that during college. Um, I kind of gave up on the acting thing for a while and focused on music business instead. And it wasn't until the uh, the past, I'd say, five or six years that I um, started back up with performing. I, I don't really care to act anymore, but I do love performing. So that's kind of kind of where I've gone. It's I don't know. I think that this business of, of entertainment can be really shallow and, and hard to get through. And I think that that's kind of what drove me to focus on the fun parts of it, just performing and, and just enjoying it rather than taking it so seriously, which allowed me to make it more of a career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, these last couple of years, I realized, yeah, you got to just not take it so serious, just have more fun with it because it's it's a really tough business, you know? Absolutely. I think when you take the fun out of it, um, when you are trying to make it um, your end-all be-all to your life, you lose focus of what brought you to that in the first place. And then I think it also causes you to allow the other parts of your life to fall to the wayside, which is also detrimental. So um, having fun is definitely the key to it all, for sure. When... um. Did you hit this performance bug? Was it in high school? Um, it was middle school. I um had moved to Lakeland, Florida from Amityville, New York. And being an outsider with a thick accent going through puberty um, was not exactly the most conducive to making friends. So <laughs> when I um, started taking acting classes um, and auditioning for community theater, I really started to feel like I'd found my niche and I'd found my people. <laughs> oh, great. That sounds great. And um, did you do some singing back in the Harrison days? I actually didn't. Um, when I went to Harrison, they did not have a musical theater program until I think it was my junior or senior year. 
Um, so I kind of had to improvise with um, stretching my singing legs on the side. Um, I took private vocal lessons and really didn't get to exercise any of that until I guess adulthood in the past few years. I, I, my singing career has picked up speed more so than anything else. When you first moved to New York, was this right after high school? Yeah, actually, I went to Marymount Manhattan College. Um, I was there for my bachelor's degree, so it was four years living in New York City and running amok and having a lot of fun. <laughs> and during that time, were you still doing the arts or were you taking a break? Um, the first two years I did acting, um, little side projects here and there for NYU students um, trying to you know, make their own little film projects and whatnot. Um, I tried to get an agent. It was a disaster for my own little um, insecure heart at the time. Um, but the last two years, I really honed in on music business, and um, which has proven to become pretty helpful later in life. Yeah. Um, had a lot of great internships during that time with MTV2 and MTV and Sony BMG. So I owe a lot to them as well. Tell me about this band you're playing with, Terra Lago? Terra Lago. Terra Lago, okay. Um, <laughs> my father, Robert Phillips, um, is a classical guitarist here in town. He's also um, an adjunct at Southeastern University, and um, he teaches guitar at Harrison Performing Arts High School. And he decided he was going to have a little fun side project just kind of noodling around with a, a friend of his, Dave Miller, um, who has a background in um, bossa nova tunes. So the two of them formed this little group. Um, I believe it was called something else uh, when they started it. But as it started picking up speed with popularity, they decided they were going to add a female singer and a percussionist. So in comes me and uh, another guy named Alvon. And we've actually been playing um, a few gigs here and there every month um, at Tony Studio B in downtown Lakeland and Fresco's in downtown Lakeland. And then we also played uh, a gig in Orlando at Yellow Dog Eats, um, all of which have been inviting us back to play more. So that's been exciting. Um, I've also taken on the booking side of it. Um, in the hopes to get my um, booking agency license so I can start my own business next year. Oh, wow. And um, what kind of music do you guys play? Bossa Novas and Sambas, a lot of um, South American tunes. Um, not too many of them are familiar to the, to the average person, um, but they're just really enjoyable and very laid back to perform. That sounds great. Um, yeah, I know you're involved with something called um, Moxie La Femme. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> that is a um, a troupe that we identify somewhat with burlesque elements, but we also kind of identify with cabaret or vaudeville type um, type acts as well. Um, being in Polk County, we cannot go down to pasties and thongs. So that brings an element of um, creativity and thinking outside of the box, which in turn a lot of times um, turns into some comedy. 
So we, we have a group of guys and girls. I think there's about 16 of us. Um, and I've been singing and dancing with them for the past four years or so, I'd say. Um, we've only recently started gaining speed um, as far as booking outside of where we normally would. Um, we've been performing in Orlando a lot lately. Um, it's just been really, really fun. And actually, that was a big gateway to get me to start performing again because I have friends in the troupe that were encouraging me to um, to join and perform again, um, which was great because I hadn't performed in about 10 years. Oh, so were you with them and you took a break and came back? Or? No, just in general as far as performing goes. Um, I lived in Orlando after I moved back from New York and um, didn't really have the kind of schedule that would allow me to, to perform. Um, but once I moved back to Lakeland for a job, uh, all my girlfriends in the troupe were encouraging me to, to continue performing and, and join their troupe. So that's been a real treat. They're like family. <laughs> oh, and are you going to be working with them again? Absolutely. I'm, I'm part of their troupe, so that means every show that we do, um, I am in, unless there's an extenuating circumstance um, our next show is February 13th at Fresco's Underground. Um, if you want information on that, you can go to moxielafemme.com. All right, moxielafemme.com. And um, what, like, what are these shows like? Like, do y'all play different characters or something? Kind of. Um, it depends on the theme. Um, that's kind of the beauty of these shows is that the theme changes for us every other month. Um, depending on if there's a popular holiday coming up, obviously we will try to um, theme around that. Um, we've also done an 80s theme. We've done 90s themes. We've done uh, Where the Wild Things Are. Um, like a jungle animal theme. It's it's really fun um, to have that kind of creativity brought to brought to my plate. You know, um, instead of just reaching in the dark and pulling out a song and going, I feel like singing this. It's a little bit more structured and a little bit more framed, which at times can be frustrating. But I love being able to play different characters. Um, just recently, um, during the summer, we had a beach theme, and rather than doing something typical, I decided to do a striptease to an Elvis number called Beach Boy Blues, and I dressed up like Elvis in a white jumpsuit and got down to a <laughs> pinup style bathing suit. So that was a lot of fun. My God, that sounds pretty interesting. <laughs> Wait, so did you have Elvis hair? Or? I, I did my own little like pompadour style oh, hair. Oh, okay. Yeah, I made it girly. <laughs> I did a girly version of it. <laughs> but it's fun. And that's kind of the element of comedy in there. And how do people, what are their reactions to Moxie after seeing these shows? They love us. Uh, we... As I said, we've been gaining speed with um, our popularity recently, um, and it's only been growing exponentially. Um, 
the first few years, I think they were still, Moxie as a, as a group was still trying to find their, um, I guess, niche as far as trying to make a home in Lakeland as well as stand out from the crowd. Um, I think that it's only been in the last few years that with the cast lineup that we have, that we really have found our groove and um, have been doing really well with it. Um, pulling in sold out shows. Um, the crowds just have been eating it up. It's been great. I, um, I wanted to know uh, who influenced you like musically, like who, who did you look up to growing up? Growing up. Wow. Um, it's hard to say because, and I know that's probably a standard answer to <laughs> who's hard. Um, it's hard to say because I really didn't think of myself as having any kind of musical career when I was younger. I was so hyper-focused on acting that it wasn't even a thought to me that I could play in a band or go sing for a burlesque troupe. It just wasn't even in my realm of thinking at that time. But I, if I would have to say anything, it would probably be heart because they are a strong uh, female influence of the 80s and they are one of my favorite bands. And Annie Wilson has a mega set of pipes. Um, but other than that, I would have to say, like, I don't know, uh, just a lot of female musicians empower me and influence me and inspire me and I know that's kind of cliche to say I do like the guys as well don't get me wrong but it's it means something different to me when I see a female performer up there strutting stuff or um you know I see it on tv it's just like well if she can do it I can do it and on this podcast uh we talk about acting and um, the the industry. I, I kind of want to know, like at Harrison, like what kind of method did they teach? Was it some kind of like Meisner technique or what kind of acting technique? Actually, quite frankly, I don't really remember anything specific. I don't think we got into too much in depth with that. Um, it's hard to do with kids. In general that's right yeah yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> you know you can't just go oh well let me put myself in this scenario how would my character react it's just it's so different when you're a child because you don't have enough life experience under your belt to really put yourself in those shoes i feel it's yeah hard. that it's, makes well, sense you know it's hard to do um dollhouse and um put yourself into um nina's shoes when you're 15 you know, it, doesn't, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't quite work the way it's supposed to it, it, you know they allowed us to play around with that you know with the adult themes and and with these characters that we didn't necessarily relate to which is fun but in actuality was it really beneficial to my craft eh. I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent about it, but I th also think that I took away from it a very different um, lesson than some of the other people in my class that may still be acting to this day. And um, when you were in New York, like, what was the acting scene like? Because um, I'm only familiar with the Los Angeles area. I'm sure it's pretty much the same <laughs> as far <laughs> as being cutthroat 
And, um, very, um, you're cool, you're cool, you're cool. Not you. Yeah, you. That's <laughs> just, you know, I, I felt like. Did you ever go into an audition room and there's like 20 people that look like you? Yeah. <laughs> and it's absolutely terrifying because how do you set yourself apart? How do you prove to them that you're the one for the part, not the other guy? And I think for an 18 year old, that is absolutely terrifying. And um, it was a big deterrent for me. I think at that age for myself, I don't know about you, but I still felt very insecure and it was very difficult to hear you're too curvy or you're too ethnic or you're too short or you're too this or too that. And I think after a while that weighs on a person if you're not 100% secure with who you are. And at 18, 19 years old, there's barely anybody that can say that they're completely secure with themselves. So I think that played a big part in why I stopped acting. Yeah, it is it, it, <laughs> it is heartbreaking. My first two years, I moved out there when I was 19. I was just uh, training, and then I got into it. But uh, nowadays, I just take it like, hey, it's I'm just doing it for fun, and I don't want to put too much pressure on myself, you know? No, that's important. That's important. <laughs> it's hard. Like, like we said before, it's really hard to... Um, to make it work as your career and pour everything into it just to be rejected day after day after day. Oh, yeah. It's really tiresome. But if you have the ability to do it, oh, my God, more power to you. I give you mad props. <laughs> you know, if you can actually <laughs> go out there and audition every single day and not take the hit and not worry about it. Would you ever see yourself in New York again? Maybe. I don't know. I've kind of been trying to focus on really enjoying the life that I have in Lakeland. Um, it's been very different this time around. I think as a 31-year-old and living in Lakeland and trying to make a life for myself is a very different experience than, you know, 16-year-old me. Um I'm trying to start my own business, as I mentioned before, um, and it's very detrimental that I have clientele in Lakeland. Um, I'm trying to start a booking agency with um, another business partner of mine, and basically the reason why we're doing it is because there aren't any talent booking agencies in Lakeland, and there's an extreme abundance of artistic people in town, musicians, actors, dancers, visual artists, um, you know, everything under the sun. There's a huge, huge market for it here, and um, no one's really tapping into it except for the musicians and artists themselves. They're the ones doing their bookings, and I feel like they that a lot of them are oversaturating their markets because they're playing the same gigs again and again. Yeah, I noticed... In Lakeland, um, there used to be a music scene back in the early 2000s yeah. and all kinds of local bands playing. And uh, nowadays they just they closed down a preservation hall and mm -hmm. I don't really know where bands play besides little coffee shops. Yeah, you know? it's hard. I actually that's where Preservation Hall was where Moxie performed. That was our home base. So that was extremely scary when it first closed as to what the life of Moxie was going to take on. Um, 
And then the same with Evolution Records, that closed as well. Yeah. And there's no more Woodpecker Records or any of the record stores that used to have live music. It's, it's all gone. Um, basically, you're stuck with restaurants and bars. And that's not a bad thing per se, but what do you do when you're 17 years old and you actually have a decent band and you want to play out? Where do you play? people's houses i mean that's that's not okay that's not okay i mean yeah of course everybody's entitled to have those moments here and there because everybody wants to you know have those movie moments of the big party and they're playing with their band but i think that in general there's so much more talent here and it just really hasn't been hasn't been tapped into nearly as much as it can be yeah i hope um lakeland opens up a venue Sometime in the future. That would be really cool. <laughs> I mean, since that place is closed, where does Moxie perform? Um, we just now uh, got the green light to perform at Fresco's Underground. Um, Fresco's restaurant has space under under the restaurant um, oh. that they rent out for private events, but they're allowing Moxie to make their, make their home there. We also um, have played... Uh, we played... We've also performed at Club Main Street, which is a notorious gay bar here in town. Um, they have drag shows, and they've just been extremely welcoming um, for us as well. Um, so I foresee that we'll be doing some more gigs there, too. Tatiana, I wanted to ask you, how did you go from acting to the music business? Well, um, as I mentioned before, I kind of fell out of love with acting. And I was in college and taking a look at what options I had while staying at Marymount. And I realized that I could get a four-year communication arts degree and focus on music business. And granted, they didn't have a whole lot of um, courses geared towards that. I decided to get a bit gung-ho with things and take it into my own hands and I applied for internships with um, MTV2 starting out and I did that for about a year and um, I was with their affiliate sales and marketing team um, for two semesters. In between that they hired me on for freelance so I was working for MTV2 for a while and it got to the point where I could no longer intern with that department and get credit for school. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> they had worked me completely, you know, to the bone until I couldn't do it anymore. Um, so then I moved on to MTV production, which was, it was all right. It wasn't necessarily my cup of tea, but it was still enjoyable to be around um, the back end of things. Um, it was after that internship that I realized I really should move on um, from Viacom. I mean, granted, there were a lot of different areas I could go into, but I literally had one semester left of college, and I figured, why not go for the gold? So I applied to intern at Sony BMG and ended up under the artist development department which at the time was my absolute dream job. Um, I was interning under a woman named Liz Snare, and she was among, I believe, 12 other people across the country that had the title of artist development. Um, It was a dying field. 
So that I got a taste of, but then had to come to the stark realization that that was not really going to be a career choice for me since they were closing out all those jobs. <laughs> but it was really, really interesting to see um, the promotions and marketing sides of what it takes to get an album off the ground. Um, it was really interesting to um, to work with all the mom and pop independent record stores. Yeah. And see what they did with all the marketing materials and coming up with campaigns for them. And uh, I just, I fell in love with that so, so much that nothing else has quite fulfilled that void. Um, after college, um, <laughs> New York became a little too expensive. <laughs> Working at Urban Outfitters did not pay the bills. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I I don't know about you, but around that time, it was 2006, so the economy was taking a huge nosedive. And a lot of companies weren't hiring. They were on hiring freezes because they weren't even sure they were going to keep the employees that they had, especially in the enter entertainment field. Um, that was happening a lot. I you know, put out my resume in a million places and everyone was like, we would love to hire you. You're, you sound like an amazing candidate, but we don't even know if we're keeping the guy next to us. So it was a really tough spot to be in, you know, stay in New York and starve and keep trying or move back home and try something else. So I chose the latter and uh, ended up moving to Orlando to work at House of Blues. And it wasn't a very glamorous position that I had, but at least I was still around the music. Those years that I spent doing the internships, doing House of Blues, that is exactly why I'm trying to start my own business. I feel like everything that I've looked for here doesn't exist. Yeah. I either have to go to Tampa or Orlando to work for the man um, to even get close to fulfilling what I enjoy. And rather than drive 45 minutes to an hour, get stuck in traffic, deal with all of that, I would much rather create my own dream job. That Yeah, that works. You know, you I should. don't even have to go anywhere. I can stay <laughs> in my house. No. I'm kidding. But still, you know, I think that that's, I, you know, I read Mindy Kaling's first book and she talks a lot about um, how through her, her audition process and everything that she went through before she became a bigger name, um, she was turned down a lot. And rather than trying to um, struggle through it, she decided to make her own dream job. She created her own dream role which is her show now i mean i kind of took that to heart it was like all right you know what screw this i'm not gonna keep struggling and looking for things that i'm not finding i'm gonna just create it myself and be my own boss and i think i wasn't ready for that any other time in my life so i'm really optimistic and and gung-ho and looking forward to um being able to have my own business being able to um guide the artists in town and, and kind of help promote them and really as well as give back to the community. I feel like there's so many events that get thrown that you have the same three bands playing and it's just not, 
is not enjoyable for everybody else anymore. They've seen them a million times. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm glad that you're out <laughs> here and you, you want to do something about it, you know, about this scene we have here in Florida. Yeah. In Lakeland. But I feel like someone's got to do it. Oh, <laughs> <You> yeah. <know? laughs> it's, gone, it's gone on too long that it's just not, as I said earlier, not being tapped into. And I think that it's important for the generations coming up that we have something in place. I mean, we're still fairly young that we can actually make a difference yeah. in how things are shaped in this city. Robert Hatfield Show listeners can get a free ride from Lyft with promo code ROBERT2278. Lyft offers friendly, affordable rides with a touch of a button. Use promo code ROBERT2278 for a free ride up to $25. Do you see yourself doing this in the future, like helping bands or doing bo bookings and stuff? I hope so. I hope that maybe in five years I can quit my job and make that my full-time thing. That would be really cool. I, I really would like to do at least something along those lines. If it's not being my own boss, at least being a part of something bigger on the entertainment side of things here. Yeah, and I, you know, I want to give advice to the people out there that do entertainment, acting, or music. Like, you just need to go out there and do your own stuff. Like, I was out there the first couple of years just going on auditions just for roles I didn't even want to play in. And uh, basically, once I started doing my own videos and my own stuff, like, I started booking, like, way more jobs. Like, uh, I just recommend just make your own videos, make your own music. D don't wait to get signed don't wait to book that audition just you need to make the perfect role for yourself you need to make music for yourself and uh just do it diy and uh <laughs> do things like that no i agree i agree a thousand percent i mean it puts the fun back into it if you truly enjoy what you're doing it shows if you're let's say you auditioned for those roles that you didn't really care for and you got the part, you're not going to put as much effort into that part as you would if you found something you love to do or love to play. Um, same with music. I mean, I didn't, I didn't ever dream I would be singing bossa nova tunes. It's not really something I even considered. But I thought, hey, this might be kind of fun, a little hobby side project. No, now it's grown into this wild beast of booking gigs and oh. keeping track of all the <laughs> accounting for it and, <laughs> and practicing and performing. It's, you know, it's a lot of work, but I enjoy every bit of it. And it doesn't matter what I'm playing at this point. I think it's just the fact that I'm going out there and creating it myself. That's the, that's definitely been the key. Yeah. How many songs do you guys do at a set? Um, well, it just depends. Um, we typically do about three sets for the night. Um, we do about 40 minutes and then take a 15-minute break. Um, and each set usually has, a, has about eight to ten songs. Oh, okay. Oh, wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah I don't sing on all of them because if I did, my voice would probably die before the end of the night. Um, <laughs> but I do... Um, a lot. I would say I'm I'm picking up speed with with learning more songs. It's only been in the last 
three months that I started actually singing with them um, and performing with them rather, um, there were a lot of gigs that they were playing that I could not sing on because I was already previously booked with Moxie La Femme. Ah, okay. Yeah, I like the the Moxie thing seems really interesting. I, I've seen stuff online about it. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe we can get some of those other people in here. That would be cool. I'm sure they'd be interested. <laughs> when when was that next uh, gig that they're doing? Um, the next gig for Moxie is February 13th at Fresco's Underground. And then actually, Terra Lago is playing at Tony Studio B on December 19th, which is a Saturday. Oh, perfect. Is um is there anything you wanted to talk about before we close out? No, I think I've rambled on long enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so for the listeners out there, where could we find uh, Moxie or any of those other websites? Your band? Um, Terra Lago sadly does not have a website yet, and that's probably partially due to my own um, doing or lack thereof. Um, but we are in the middle of that. We're fa still fairly new. But you can find us on Facebook. Um, Terra Lago, which is T-E-R-R-A-L-A-G-O. That's T-E-R-R-A-L-A-G-O, Terra Lago, and MoxieLaFemme.com. Moxie is also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Do you have a Twitter or Instagram? I personally do not have Twitter. I despise Twitter. I feel like I can do the same thing with Facebook. Yeah, I, I'd never go on Twitter. Like, I think I signed, so much crap on there. I think I signed up for Twitter, logged in once, read through a few things, and thought this is a bunch of crap, and signed off and never went back on. Um, I do have Instagram. It's under my stage name with Moxie LaFemme, which is Lola LaRue. Um, it's Lola LaRue XOXO, I believe it is. <laughs> um, I do keep it private, so but I do accept um, people that follow me. If uh, you look like a normal human being, that's not going to be a creepo or a stalker or someone that's going to report nudity because, sorry to break it to you, but we take our clothes off. So sometimes those photos um, reflect that, and I just don't want uh, any issues. But there's pasties, right? There's pasties. Okay, yes, that's yes. no big deal. Yes, yes. Well, I know with Facebook, even people report. Them. Oh yeah, you can report Lots anything. Of people, oh my God, you're you have no idea. I know so many burlesque performers that these people re request them to be friends, and then the second the burlesque performer puts a, a photo up where she's in pasties. She gets reported by the same people that want to follow her as a friend. It's so stupid. Like, if you don't like it, then don't follow them. Like, you, that's the nature of their career choice. Like, what are you doing? You can't <laughs> just report that. It's art. <laughs> but, yeah. That's where you can find us. Yeah, that's great. I, I'm so glad you came in to chat with me. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, uh, someday in the future, you should come back, maybe with someone from Moxie or maybe someone from your band, and we could have another chat. That yeah. would be great. That would be really cool. Well, thank you so much, Tatiana, for coming. Thanks, Robert. I appreciate you having me. Thanks for listening to the Robert Hatfield Show podcast. Please follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and other social media outlets.